Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. So what do you do when you meet a cranky person in a store? You are in a great mood, and you came to go shopping, you did whatever, and all of a sudden you encounter a customer at the car wash, or somebody at the thrift store, or you're at Macy's, and you're shopping, and all of a sudden you are like zippity-doo-dah, having a great day, and then this person just like stepped out of hell, and they're the person ringing you up. So what do you do when the person is having a cranky day? Do you ignore them, but smile at the person that's being super sweet at you? Do you go, I'm just going to like get around that person, you know, and not even engage in them. What we have to understand is this. Both people, the nice one and the cranky one, they need the living God that's inside of you. And see, God, it's not that he wants to ruin your day. Maybe by you just smiling at them and showing the love of God and hope, you could be a witness to them. Amen? That fly like almost every other week. So I'm like, do you not know you need to take off your shoes and pull your laptop out? I start losing Jesus right at TSA. But I got to be cool because I don't want them to throw me in the jail, you know, for having an attitude going. If y'all don't know what TSA is, it's when you go through the airport and you go through the checkpoint. And everybody knows you can't bring liquids, right? And I, I get in this battle with myself going, isn't it obvious to people? And then the Lord says, pipe down. And I have to like rebuke myself. Because how do I know that God's not using me to be a witness to them? God has accepted us. Are you grateful that God accepted you? With all of our mess, God took us in. He accepted us, and then he extended acceptance to all. So mercy triumphs over judgment. James 2.22 says this, You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. So what is James, the author, doing here? He goes back to the story in the Bible about Abraham and Isaac. So if you don't know the story, Abraham, God was testing him. How many of you felt like you've ever been tested by God? Right? I know I have. But God tells Abraham, go take your firstborn and bring him with you and go build a sacrifice, an altar to me. And so Abraham takes his only son, his beloved son, and he brings him, or he brings Isaac rather, he brings Isaac to the altar and he's looking for a ram. He's obviously going to, you know, sacrifice something else, but there isn't anything else. God wants him to put his son on the altar. Can you imagine? I don't know if I would have the faith that Abraham had, but he trusted in God no matter what. And as soon as he passed the test, what happens in the rest of the story? There's a ram has been provided. See, sometimes God will set you up to see how more, how much you will trust in him. How much, how bad the circumstances, but do you really trust in me or when it gets hot or when it gets messy or when it gets, uh, you know, just uncomfortable, are you going to be out of there? How many of you can say, sometimes I'm the one that runs and I'm like, shoot, I'm out of here, right? Because sometimes it's easier to just walk away. We've, we're all been guilty of that. 
But look, he trusted in God and James features Abraham and Isaac as proof that faith and actions work together. Faith and actions work together. See, it's obedience that grows, strengthens, and makes our faith grow. Amen? See, our faith grows as God shows up in our obedience. So if you ever felt like, man, I just don't have enough faith, I dare you to just obey him one day. I dare you that even if everything inside of you is saying no, just listen to what God says and watch your faith grow. Amen? The next thing is that we learn how to control our tongue. Now, James, a book of James, he is very clear on this. It says in James 3, 9 through 12, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings. I just need to stop right there. One moment on Sunday, we are praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're a good God. And then all of a sudden, you get an attitude, you get upset, and somebody tells you to do something you don't want to do, and you just lose it, right? Look at, and James goes, I already know you got that problem. He says, with your tongue, we praise the Lord, and we curse humans who have been made in God's likeliness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce um, fresh water. I like that analogy. Can salt water and fresh water come out of the same faucet? No. So how can cursing and blessing come out of your mouth? I want you to meditate on that just for a second here. So the next time you want to let negative stuff, cursing, attitude come out of your mouth, ask yourself, man, if God is in me, how can both things come out of me? How is that? And so James, he ends up comparing a controlling tongue to a forest that's set ablaze by a single spark. I remember one time, 4th of July, we were doing our own 4th of July. Anybody ever done your own 4th of July? We almost set the place on fire. I'll never forget it. My brother-in-law, Nick, is always buying. He comes every 4th of July. He'll stop by one of those tents and get every fireworks that you could possibly bring. And it was so dry. There's woods everywhere. And if it would have, it took off. And we're like, oh, my goodness. And if it would have hit the tree, boom, we'd have been on the news. We'd have burnt the place down. And that's what James compares a little spark out of your mouth. See, a little spark comes out of your mouth and it can tear down relationships. It can burn down things. Just one little thing, one thing, and it consumes everybody around you. How many of you can say, yes, that's been something I have let one little thing fly out of my mouth and then it just like a spark, it ends up affecting everybody. So look, our words have power to bring life or destruction. Your words have power to bring life or destruction. So your speech, you can either praise God, but what he's saying is don't praise God and don't curse man at the same time. Amen? Pursue godly wisdom. Go after wisdom. Every New Year's Eve, we come to the altar and we pray for something. And ever since I was a little girl... I was probably a teenager. I don't know what 
kind of, maybe the Holy Spirit put this in my heart. I pray for one thing, and, and I never pray for anything else. I pray for wisdom. Every New Year's Eve, since I was little, I don't know why, I said, Lord, I think I'm going to have to know, have a lot of wisdom when I get older, and if you would just give me that, it will kind of spread in every part of my life. And so James talks about wisdom. James 3.17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. I have been called a lot of names in my life, but one of them I have been called is a peacemaker. And you know what? People used to do it mocking. Oh, you're just trying to bring peace. Oh, you're just trying to be the... Well, give me that title all day long. Because what it says is this, peacemakers sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. You see, a changed heart is a heart refined by God's wisdom. When your heart is changed, people can tell. The fruit tastes better, amen? We have to learn to submit to God. James 4, 7 through 10 says this, our God is a God of love and victory. And the way to experience that love and victory is through submitting to him. And you know, when kids first go to school, they listen to the teacher, they love the teacher, and then after a little while, they don't listen to the teacher, right? It's just like your kids. You give them something nice for Christmas, and they're like, Mommy, you are the best. And then the next day, I'm like, I need you to clean that up. And then here comes the attitude, right? They forget. Well, the Bible says this in James 4, um, 7 through 10 here. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's a firm word, right? But if you will submit yourself to the Lord, we submit to God's love when we recognize the only reason we live and move is because of his love. How many of you know if it was not for the love? See, love took Jesus to the cross. Love allowed Jesus to endure our sins. How many of you are grateful for that love? Amen. But look, love will make you do crazy things. How many of y'all remember that guy or girl you went out with and you were like, what the world was I thinking? Right? Love will make you do crazy things. But the Bible says that it's because of his love that we will move in grace. Amen? And that we live because of that. See, submission leads us into a deeper grace with God. When You know, if my kids would just listen, how many of you know you would do anything for them? You are the spiritual kids of God. And if you'll just listen, see, some of you, your biggest roadblock is yourself. If you would just get past yourself and submit yourself to the Lord, his blessings would flow on your life. Amen? And so if we exercise patience, James 5.11 says, as you know, we count it as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You see, maturity in faith requires patience and perseverance. Some of us have been saved a long time, but we're not going anywhere in our faith. 
So you can come to church 30 years and be exactly the same place you are. And the challenge that the Word of God is giving us is to grow in our walk with the Lord. And we do that by exercising patience. You know, one of the people that we learn from in the Bible is Naomi. How many of you guys remember the story of Naomi in the Bible, Naomi and Ruth? And so she lost her husband. Her husband dies. Then her son dies and her other son dies. So now she's lost everybody. And she's got her two daughter-in-laws with her. And so the story says that they go on a journey and they're trying to go back to where she's from. She told them, actually, she said, hey, don't follow me. You guys are young. You can marry again. Go back and, and with your people. And one did, one went. But the other one stayed with her and said, where you go, I will go. And your God will be my God. And so we learn a lesson about persevering in the middle of suffering. What God wants you to know is maybe you are suffering. Maybe you've gone through something that's still kind of holding you back, but you can keep on going. You don't have to quit even though you're in the middle of a life's challenge, right? So what we learn from Naomi is this. She owned her suffering. She entered into it and she didn't try to numb it away. Sometimes because we're suffering, we feel like putting distractions. We don't want to deal with it. But God is saying this, just like her, you know, we call her blessed because she persevered, right? But she called herself blessed because God redeemed her suffering. What I want you to know is this, is that God knows your suffering. And there is goodness on the other side of suffering. A valley doesn't last forever. A hard time doesn't last forever. I want to encourage you. You're just in a season right now. God has big things for you. He's got great tomorrows for you. He's got new connections, new jobs. Some of you, God had blessed you financially and, and through addiction, the enemy tried to take it all away. I want to tell you that God will pay it back. He will give it back to you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you're a new creation, all things pass away. Behold, everything is new. So whatever the enemy tried to take from you, God's going to repay it if you'll submit yourself to him. How many of you want that blessing in your life? Amen. Pray in faith. That can be hard sometimes. Sometimes we'll, we, we get mad at people that pray in faith and we're like, oh, they're just over positive. You know, I don't like, that's just faith prayer. Look, I'm not going to do a negative prayer, right? I'm going to pray believing that God's going to do it for me, right? It may not look so good on the outside, but God's plan can get you a whole different result. Amen. James says this. In James 13 through 6, it says, Is anybody among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them pray. Is anybody happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Amen. Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.